Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to your favorite St. Louis sports podcast, The Lunatics. Tyler Edwards here, your host. We've got an exciting St. Louis City SC-focused episode coming your way, and it's been a little bit of a hectic week. An exciting game uh, we just had on Saturday that we touched on in our last episode, but we're going to go a lot more in depth here, as well as a little bit of a clunker from last night at Vancouver. Uh, John, what do you got for me? You know, more the same, really. I 100% agree. Talking about Sporting Kansas is going to be a lot of fun, and talking about Vancouver is going to be a lot of whatever the opposite of fun is. So, like, I think dreadful. Yeah, it's probably about the same as hanging out with you normally, but yeah. Right, right. But like here, you know, we make it work. But yeah, it's going to be exactly like that. 100%. <clears throat> but we beat Sporting Kansas. LAFC lost to RSL? Question mark? Yes. Yes. Yep. Real on Sunday. Sunday. On yep. Beat them one to nothing on Sunday. Right. So that leaves us clinching the West, which is just crazy as a first year team like like goaded status right i we are the first american american franchise team to win their conference in the regular season ever goaded goat status right the only the only franchise team and actually this is a fairly recent franchise team that has anything potentially up on us uh, would be the Vegas Golden Knights, who did make the champ yeah. make the Stanley Cup Finals in their first year of existence, right. but they did not win their division or conference. So no, no, but you know, for the first time in Vegas Golden Knight history, St. Louis City SC has won the Western Conference. So that's what it's all about, really. <laughs> Let me ask you this though: what uh, what was your honest expectation for how this team was going to do at the beginning of the year? <laughs> So I had this thought and I actually almost brought it up a couple episodes ago, but kind of wanted to wait to see how we finished. Right. So going into the season, I thought teams would underestimate us. Uh, The press would win us some games and I thought we would be a fringe playoff team. Yeah. We started the season hot. We did five in a row. I remember having discussions with you early on in the season about, okay, well, if we're looking at last year, Right. You really probably need like 40 ish points to get to the Mm -hmm. make the playoffs. If there's nine teams that make it right, we're at 15 after five games. We got a chance to make the playoffs, but we constantly talked right about how there was going to be a lull. There's going to be adversity. How are we going to combat that? Klaus went down. We right. you know had to reinvent, figure out other ways to get offense without Klaus really providing and driving that for us, like he was doing so well and drawing so mm-hmm. much attention from the other teams. Absolutely. I honestly was concerned that we. I knew we would make the playoffs, uh, but I was concerned about whether we might, may or may not end up the one seed. Until a couple games after the open or the uh, leagues cup break. <clears throat> Uh, right. we, we started out a little slow coming out of the break that first game or so. And right. then we, we started looking like ourselves. And then when I saw Klaus come back perform and strong, like I knew in my mind, there was no doubt that we were going to win the one seed. Right. Um, it was just a matter of when we would clinch it. And I, my hope was that it would never come down to decision day because Seattle's a tough team to play. Right. But at least we're not playing in Seattle on turf again. 
That's true. And um, we'll talk more about that turf when we get to Vancouver. But I have to say now while I'm thinking about it, I am really excited for that Seattle game because I, I did some projections and I think Seattle's going to have to bring it to lock in the number two seed. Um, and I, I'm really excited to see how we measure up against them because I, I think like, and I'll talk more about this later, but I think having this tough you know, game against Vancouver and then hopefully a, a game that we win, but a tough competition against Seattle. I think that's going to be really good experience for us going into the playoffs. So I'm, I'm really excited for that game. It's going to be a good test. I have a question for you. So oh, I have a question for teams. you. There's four teams competing for more or less the second and third seeds mm-hmm. right now. You've mm-hmm. got Real Salt Lake, you yep. have Vancouver, yep. you have Seattle and LAFC. Sure. Who are the two teams that you want to get the two and three seed to stay on the other side of the bracket? Um, I, you know, I was thinking about this earlier too. I, I, I think I want Seattle and LAFC to get it, but I'm really torn because LAFC has not looked too terribly hot until last night for a while. They looked really good last night, like scary good last night. Um, but they've looked kind of worn down, uh, so I'm leaning, I want Seattle and LAFC because then like they can take each other out. Whereas if one of them ends up on our side, we would have to to beat them and then beat the other one probably. So I'd rather them take out each other and then we could beat whoever's left. For what it's worth, I agree. I think we match up better, especially at home mm-hmm. against Real Salt Lake or against vancouver especially yeah, vancouver right. i mean we saw what happened when vancouver had to come to us right you know a little while ago and i think you know especially with our starters playing i think we we stand a better chance um but we'll again to be determined it's just a, determined. a wish list if you will right right okay so here's my question for you before we hop into sporting kansas okay so there are what three colors berkey can wear right black yellow and green i think that that's it which put them in order from the one you like the most to the one you like the least my so green's my favorite color so take that into consideration here but berkey and the way that he looks in those jerseys is what i'm looking at here my preference is yellow Ooh. I That's really the worst like one. The yellow on Berkey. I don't necessarily love it on other keepers, <sighs> but I like the way Berkey wears it. Um, oh, that's, and that's then gross. I would go black number two and green number three. But if you want my favorite jersey, it's the green one. Yeah, yeah, okay. Like I'm never asking you a style question again. Let's let's go to Kansas City. That's you're wrong. I'm sorry. Please continue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what. We'll, we'll move on to, to, to Sporting Kansas. Um, yeah, the, the, the Darby Q. The Darby Q. Darby Q 3.0. Darby Q 3.0 and, and really the rubber match in the series. So for those of you who maybe just be jumping in and aren't huge soccer fans, uh, St. Louis City beat Sporting Kansas 4 to nothing in St. Louis. We, then we went to Kansas, had to play them there. We lost two to one in the second game of the series. Uh, then they had to come back to us in St. Louis. And for a while, <laughs> I'll be honest, I was nervous. Uh, yeah. We didn't look great, uh, but we 
it wasn't that we were being necessarily truly outplayed, but they had their fair share of chances and we were not right. capitalizing on ours. <laughs> right. Um, that there was also that piece of we have Berkey and Berkey saved us a couple of times there with a couple of those chances. Uh, Helter Skelter, if you will, sure. uh, <laughs> as I was watching that. But we set the tone. And, and by we, I mean the fans, the city, I mean everything. Uh, the TIFO, the beginning of the game. That I mean, was fucking awesome. Best thing, I, best one I've ever seen. I mean, you you even see like like soccer fan pages and and whatever from like Europe and other places in the world like showing this TIFO because I mean it, it was so iconic. So for those of you who haven't seen it, you have to look it up. But it's basically a play on the Wizard of Oz with the Wicked Witch of the West, and and it says you know you're not in Kansas anymore. And first off, like you know it's it's well known, it's famous, like that it hits for that level but it also hits because you know we when we hear kansas city we think kansas city missouri mm-hmm. but they actually play in kansas city kansas now when they were the wizards by, worst name of all way, time but yes please continue kansas city wizards which was a great name you have no idea mm-hmm. what the hell you're talking about kansas you city wizards bad is an style amazing, and everything amazing name but when they were the Kansas City Wizards, it was Kansas City, Missouri. But it's not anymore. Now it's so, Sporting Kansas. Yes, Sporting Kansas. And so, I don't know. I If I was playing in Kansas, like, I wouldn't want anyone to know that. Like, Kansas is a sucky state. We all know that. And if you're living in Kansas right now, you probably also know that as well. So, I mean, I think it like, with it saying, you're not in Kansas anymore, I just like, I was like, yes, that's the tone. We're going to come out here and we're going to put a beat down on you. I agree. I do have a question for you. Okay. What's the worst thing about your dog running away in Kansas? Is this a, this is a joke. This isn't even a question. It's that you have to watch the dog run away for three days. That's a joke about how there's no trees, guys. There's also no hills. There's um, no hills. Honestly, if you were driving through Kansas, you could get on the interstate, put a steering wheel lock, and put on cruise control, and probably just sleep, and you probably would be fine. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. Um, so we ended up winning four to one, and so what's funny about this scoreline? <clears throat> so I had to watch on delay. So first off. If you guys have been following, you know, anytime I watch City on Delay, we we play poorly. And uh, the curse is broken. I want everyone to know. You know, I uh, did some voodoo magic or, you know, whatever to break the curse. curse Which magic? is broken. I, I don't want to reveal my secrets, but it did involve burning uh, an effigy. So that's, that's all I can say about that for legal reasons. Um, but so we, I went to this concert. Uh, with my wife on Saturday night and we got stuck in just the most god-awful traffic line to leave the parking lot like I swear to god I sat there for an hour and didn't move Um, but she's playing on her phone and she knows that she is not like that she'll see the score I've got my phone on do not disturb I'm not using like any social media or anything which is really hard to do by the way when you're sitting in a car for an hour not moving right but I didn't want the score to be spoiled for me. And I'm like, that's commitment. That is commitment, guys. And then she starts kind of laughing and she goes, do you want me to tell you who won? 
And I'm like, no, you know, I don't want you to do that. Like we've had this conversation, like, no, don't, don't do that to me. Like, you know, I'm going to stay up till like two 30 in the morning watching this game once we get home. But then like, as I was sitting there thinking about it, I was like, okay, she wouldn't have made that joke because she's a fan of the team. She wouldn't have been laughing while saying that if we lost, she wouldn't have said anything at all. So we probably didn't lose. And so that leaves two outcomes. Either we won big because she laughed, right? Like it wasn't just that she saw the score. It was that she laughed when she saw the score. So I was like, we either won big or we drew because, and like, like, you know, Kelsey, like she has a very dry sense of humor. Like I could see her finding it hilarious to tell me that she's going to tell me who wins and then tell me that nobody won. Like she would think that was hilarious. She would. Um, and I love your wife. So I have no ill, no bad things to say. And I think that it was a very funny joke and Kelsey, I love you. Also, while we're talking about family members, uh, I did find out. So last episode I said, uh, and I quote, my mom hasn't watched shit talking Mm -hmm. about this podcast. And I bet she texted you that she was listening to it. Uh, Apparently she has watched an episode. So mom, I'm sorry. (laughs) That's good. You you do need to to apologize. I'm Um, glad that it's recorded. I was pretty, pretty sure that she had not watched any. um, And luckily she did not watch the last episode um she was like hey i was watching and uh i saw that interview did with that pickleball player he seems like a nice guy and i was like great great episode i'm glad you did not watch the last one because i straight called you up for not (laughs) not watching (laughs) that's that's awesome um (laughs) sorry for that little tangent we just took um what did you think of the lineup though for sporting for sporting or for against sporting uh, against sporting for our team against sporting no no you're good the sporting so, match yeah against kansas so i thought what i what i felt was bc knowing that we had a chance to clinch the top seed and putting his best lineup out there as he, as he sees it sure sure we may have disagreements but i think that's how he sees it and and really i don't necessarily disagree um with mm-hmm. the, the the starting lineup that he put out there yeah, no, it's it's hard to find fault for it. Um, what I found very telling about it, <clears throat> so you and I have talked a lot about our about our boy Scary Jerry Stroud and how he does not have much of a left foot, although I think he's been practicing on it because uh, he scored an absolute banger with it. I wouldn't call it a banger. It was a well. I'm going to call it a banger. Shot. It's his weak foot. That, but we've talked about this too. He. Because the game before, he had a couple of good-looking shots off his left foot. That's true. When he's coming across the box and he's putting his left foot right right in there, there's a different confidence about him when he's on the right side of the field. But when he's on the left side and he has to try to figure out how to cross the ball with his left foot or one-time it, he looks absolutely lost. I think in my my thought about this is like, I, I think he's scared to kick it in the air. I think he knows he has no control of like an air um an aerial kick with it but like if he can just like kick it on the ground i think he's he's comfortable with it but what i found telling so indy started on the right this game and indy is left-footed and az started on the left and az is right-footed and i mean we have seen all of those wing guys kind of you know um invert in but i think like seeing both of them out there and very pointedly which side they were on i think it's very clear how coach wants them to play in those positions where he wants them coming in trying to you know not necessarily running fully across goal but to try to come in and open up spots for them to take shots like that yeah no i agree i think 
because of the way that we funnel the ball into the middle, sure. it makes a lot and a, I mean, a ton of sense for us to be able to, you know, play those guys out wide and then have right. them crash in or, or cut in and be able to hit that shot. Right. I mean, again, I'm not ever going to quote come out here and claim to be the best soccer player in the world. But one of my favorite things to do was to play on the left side. I'm very, you know, I've got a lot stronger right foot than I do left and to cut in and rip shots from, you know, top of the box, mm-hmm. top of the 18. And, and, you know, I think, you know, these guys aren't necessarily looking for that a hundred percent, but they are looking to, you know, capitalize on that ability. And, sure. and, you know, we do have a player also on our team that we've talked about and Thor who that that's his bread and butter. That's that's what he does. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and plus, if you want an aerial cross in, um, mo- three of our four top four fullbacks can do that um, pretty well. I mean, it's we've talked enough about how Kyle does not have that skill, and that's fine. It's just not not a skill he has. That's okay. But I mean, either of the guys on the right can do it, and Marcanic can do it as well. Um, so we have ways to still provide that in the game if that's how we need to move the ball in as well. And I, I do like that sort of uh, balance that we have in our attack now uh, with the addition of Marcanic. No, I, I agree. I think Marcanic adds a lot, but I, I looking at the lineup, right? Top to bottom, you've got big Sam and you've got Klaus up top, <clears throat> which is telling, you know, especially with Nico, where Nico's mm-hmm. at currently in, in right. the higher. It's, it's a form starting. thing. It's a form thing. And <clears throat> Klaus. And if you guys didn't know, um, <clears throat> number two and number three in the league for goals per minute played. Number two is Big Sam, and number three is Klaus. Yeah, the, yeah that in and of itself is, is telling. They find the goal, the net. They know how to score. Um, <clears throat> now, looking at the midfield, right? You've got Az, you've got Leuven, you've got uh, Indy and Blom, and I, I think that's. You know, I've you and I have talked a lot. I still think that's our best four starting midfielders, and I've thought that for a little yeah. bit now. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then in the back line, obviously Nielsen and Parker. Mm-hmm. Parker plays a lot better when he has Nielsen because Nielsen understands positioning mm-hmm. a lot better than somebody like Yaro does, which you know was highlighted last night, which we'll get more into here yeah. in a minute. But yeah. I, I, and then obviously Markanic playing on the left. And I thought it was very telling to see Nerwinski on the right, right starting as this is who we think. Now, my question for you is if we play a guy who's a team who has somebody like a, a Denny Boanga mm-hmm. on the left, do you think Watts gets the start over Nurk just for the speed factor? Um. <clears throat> You know, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I do think Watts is faster than Nurk, um, but I don't think I, I've never really felt like Nurk was has gotten like blown out in a in a foot race or anything. I think he probably makes up for a lot of it with positioning and anticipation of what the play's doing. Um, I think if we play LAFC again, I mean, it's going to be really hard not to play Watts there because he did do it against Belonga. But I think, I think Nurk played so well in his spot appearances that he had that he pushed himself back into the starting lineup. Something coach has shown year long is that like, he's going to ride the hot hand, you know, our top 11 is very fluid based on, on form, you know, it's not so much about who is the best 
overall, it's who's the best right now. I mean, there's, I mean, we could name maybe five guys who are going to start every game, right? At their positions, right? If they're, if everyone's healthy, Klaus, Leuven, Parker, Nielsen, um, Berkey, I could make the case for Blom being the next, the sixth guy there. And after that, it's all form. I have, I have one more. Easy. And just be, because we don't have anybody to really replace him and it's mechanic. Oh, yeah. 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 But, but right. For the offense. Yeah. Well, I could I, say that. Yeah, but, I, but if mechanic starts getting blown out defensively, I could see Hebert getting starts. But, but mechanic hasn't shown that yet. He's been very, very good defensively. He's been very good defensively. I've been very happy with him. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, what I'm, you know, my piece of it, right, is right. Markanic is your left back. You know, right back, you can make the argument for Nerwinski or Watts or whoever's, whichever's playing better. Right. You lose so much by pulling Markanic out of the lineup on the left side. He's a, he's a must start to me. So yeah. I think three of your four de- defensive backs, right? Three. Mm-hmm. Your goalie, you know, you've got Leuven and you've got Klaus. And the rest of it can 100% depend on who's hel- right. who's playing well and who's healthy and who's just doing what they need to do. Right. Well, and if you go back to how Lutz built the team, right, that's essentially the spine, which is what, you know, he was very clear from the beginning. That was going to be his priority with finding good players, um, that that's where he was focusing first. And I think that's very clear with with the, that exercise we just did on who, who must start. And all of them, I felt in this game against Kansas City, every single player except for two players – played exceptionally well i thought it was the most technically skilled we looked um across the board i thought blom looked much more uh creative and confident with the ball than he has like ever um now there were times where i was like hey maybe maybe we should go back to being a little bit less confident than we are right now and like be a little bit more sure of what we're doing but he's trying things he's advancing it um but uh yeah and i i thought like I said, almost everyone except for two people. There are two people who I thought did not have a good game uh, compared to where they normally are, and I thought everyone else played outstanding. Who did you highlight as not having a great game? Uh, Hebert and uh, Thorson, who both came on at the 87th minute. And, you know, it does take a few minutes to kind of warm up to the game, but it was... Um, I thought yeah. you were going to pick out a starter and I'm like, what starter are you going to pick? No, 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 no. That, this is just like the total team. Everyone who played no, no, you're got on the field. I agree. Um, and, and I think one of the more frustrating things for me is we brought in Thorson mm-hmm. and the guy is fit. He's athletic. He's ready mm-hmm. to play. And we just have not really found a great place for him mm-hmm. to, to really shine. Um, <clears throat> well, it Hebert, wasn't Hebert's Hebert. And again, you know, part of me initially when I was like, God, you know, we, we gave up that goal late in extra right. time. And the very last play of the like, game. Huh? It yeah, was the very last play, last play of the game. game. Yeah. And we give up the goal. And initially I'm like, God, it's Hebert on the left backside where he doesn't like, he just doesn't, he does not good there. But then I watched the replay and I'm like, that's marking like he's a center back. He's just right. not doing what he, he just got outplayed. It's, he knew what he was supposed to be doing. It's just the other guy made a better play than than he did. And I mean, if you play long enough, that's that's going to happen. That's not like in defense of of getting beat, but he just got beat. Like that's all there is to it, right? Um, you could see like watching it, like the other guy 
the Kansas City guy sees that the cross is probably about to be come in, and he gets his arms extended on Hebert, and Hebert can't can't get past that. It, it was a great play. What what happened there? And if you watch, and Hebert's reaction to the guy getting his hands out is to try to backpedal into him, mm-hmm. and all the guy did was step around him as soon as he did right. that. Right. And, and to me, and I know you're you you've always been higher on Hebert than I have been. Sure. Um, <clears throat> I, I know that he's our really only option right now on the left backside because Nelson, I think, is still nursing an injury and has been mm-hmm. for a while. But he wasn't um, on the injury list, which is it's just weird, isn't it? I, I don't I don't trust MLS injury lists like I don't trust hockey injury lists. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> that's, <laughs> you know, that's accurate. Getting, you know, you, you get an injury report from the blues and it's like Tori Krug has a left lower body injury. So what his leg, his knee, his foot, right. he's day to day. What the hell does that even mean? Right. And then you right. go to like the NFL and they're like, oh, we just got all these scan reports back and he has this, this, and this wrong. He needs surgery. He's out for this long. <laughs> right. It, it, you it's, go from no the information flip side to on, like very severe on hockey. It's like, oh, they need surgery. They're going to be out for a year, but all you get is day to day. Right. Like, what? Right. So anyway, um, I, my my piece is, is we need a better solution for our second string left back. Hebert oh, needs absolutely. to be a center back sub, not a left back sub. And it, it's it's also hurting. Like if we wanted to build up his trade value, it's hurting that as well. Or transfer absolutely. market value. Right. I do think I do have a solution to that uh, that I think we will see for next year. Uh, this is a little shameless plug for our future uh, city roster moves episode we're going to do after the season uh, but i do have a solution there i'm interested to hear your thoughts on it um let you want to like talk about our goals uh that we scored this game because we're all over the place right now and yeah, uh, yeah. So let so let, let's get into a little bit of the flow game like i said the game started it was back and forth we we didn't capitalize on some chances that we had we made some subs to take advantage of the game and, and to change the game sure uh, we brought nico in uh, up top for AZ to kind of play that holding position underneath. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a great sub. If you let AZ run for, you know, 60, 70 minutes and he's gassed, Giochini's a guy who's got the technical ability to play underneath and play mm-hmm. that well. Um, and then we brought in Stroud for Indy. Uh, and, and there's nothing against Indy, but Indy was running his ass off again. And we saw it mm-hmm. against LAFC where if Indy starts and he's running his ass off like he has, he's mm-hmm. gassed after about 60, 70 minutes. And oh, I think absolutely. That's, the right, that's the right move to sub him because his game is so, so technical. If he's tired, he's going to lose that touch right. a little bit and it, it hurts him more. Yeah. I think we bring Alm them in and Stroud have a, have a similar game model or, you know, we're, we're at the 60th minute. You can tell for all three of them, it's like, okay, that it, it's time to start pulling them out. Yes. Um, so we bring in Stroud. Stroud quickly draws a foul, uh, being the nuisance that he is. Uh, luckily, we still have the one and only Eddie Leuven step up, take a free kick. My favorite part is the entire game, the announcers were sucking on Polito's cock um, about how great he is. And in this play, Polito is marking Big Sam completely mistimes the jump and Sam watches him mistime the jump and just stands there and waits for the ball and heads it into the net. 
right? Let's also talk about just like the strategical mistake of having a guy who's who's a normal sized guy. You know, he's like I think he's listed at five ten, covering someone who's listed at six four six five, right? Like you have you like, and I have different thoughts when we hear normal sized man because you said that and I'm like Polito's not like six one. Yeah, I base mine off of stats, and you base yours off of fantasy. So. I base mine off my family, which is, you know, <laughs> fair. also, you know, not my fault. Sure. That's what I grew um, up around, man. Hey, no, I get it. There's a lot of tall people in my family, too. I'm just saying stats. <laughs> it, it helps. It helps reinforce the fact that, you know, you're not short. You're average. I'm average. height. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> I If we ever have our friend Tyler on here. Our other friend, Tyler, I, I'm going to let you know now, uh, shout out Tyler, uh, that you are going to be called short Tyler and he's going to be called Tyler um, since he's about three or four inches taller than you. So, you know, th- I'm just letting lot, you know in advance. There's a lot of different things there. I think he's got three or four inches on me and some other areas too, from what I've heard from his wife. But I mean, we can get into that in another time. Sure. So we score that goal. Uh, and then, you know. I re- so I turned to Lindsay. So we were watching it. I, we were watching on a delay, but but only about like at this point we had, were almost live after halftime. So I think sure. we were because we had put the kids in bed. So I want to say we were right at about uh, maybe like two minutes behind time. Oh yeah, time wise. So like we had caught up a lot because we caught up you know fifteen minutes. Or so we we tried to get the kids in bed early Saturday night for this game. Mm-hmm. We were both pumped. And absolutely. Uh, so we get in and I turned to Lindsay and I was like, Kansas looks absolutely demoralized. Right. We need to capitalize and push for a second goal. And no sooner than I say that, it was two minutes yeah. in time. Yeah. We we get the ball. It gets down in the corner. You see Klaus and you see Leuven absolutely pressing their asses off down into right. the corner by the corner of the 18. Their defender makes a play just trying to get it out. Stroud being the guy that he is and just running all the times coming mm-hmm. in, crashing the box and it lands at his feet, like it runs right ball flies right into him. He makes a nice move and then puts the ball into the net with his left foot, which I've criticized him for and probably will continue to criticize him for every time he plays on the left side of the field and looks lost with it, but absolutely looked great. Um, put the ball in there and then not only that, then gets absolutely thrown to the ground by Klaus in celebration mm-hmm. uh, and pops right up like nothing happened. Right, right. I know I sent you the meme uh, and maybe we'll uh, we'll post it on our page if I can find who actually created it and give them credit. But there's a meme that was in the Facebook group of Klaus throwing Stroud and they they photoshopped in a, a Pokeball and like made it look like a Pokedex. So that way it was uh, an I choose you, Jared Stroud. Uh, type of picture and I, that was fantastic um uh, so they were still singing uh happy birthday to sam when stroud scored in the in the supporters section because it was his birthday that day um and then you know stroud found himself really involved i guess the third goal he wasn't involved in as much because it was it was edu again um you know and, and edu gets the ball on the left side of of the field outside of the box but but not very much outside and you can see klaus on the right side raising his arm like he like he does and you know he's a big old moose like it's easy to see when he wants the ball um and edu just delivers this this perfect ball just you know comes over and across the box and klaus one time volleys it straight into the side netting um into the goal and 
the crazy thing about it is, is as great of a goal as it was, it wasn't even his best goal of the night. So what's, what's also hard to think about is like, that's a like beautifully placed ball from Leuven. I mean, you oh, could not have yeah. placed that any better, but it's still not an easy shot for Klaus. And no, it was a really, goofy moose really nice made finish. it look effortless. Right. Made it look just, just simple. Like, why doesn't everyone score this way? <laughs> you know, like guys, just, just hit it out of the air like this. Right. It's easy. This is all you Trust have to me. do. Like, look, I can do it. Right. You just pass it into the side of the net while it's in the air. It's not, it's not hard. They can't do anything about it. But, but if you watch the thing that he didn't do is it was coming down, a lot of players make this mistake and you see it a lot as they try to kill the ball as it's coming down. Mm -hmm. And he did, he just passed the ball because it's, it's already going to have power. It's already going to have, it's on the ball's coming into your foot. So it was a smart, just technical, well-placed ball. Um, We actually Go ahead, we actually had another rocket of a shot similar would have been similar placement. Um, but the goalie was in better position on a, on a breakaway by <laughs> Indy early in the game. Oh yeah. That was, a, that was a great rocket. save on. Yeah. Um, but Indy absolutely rocked to that thing. Just trying to blast it past him mm-hmm. where if he would have taken a little off and just, you know, put a little more finesse on it would have mm-hmm. been an easy goal early in the game. Right. Um, I was glad you mentioned that, you know, the thing about trying to kill it and how it wasn't the right move there. Because on Klaus's second goal of the night, that's exactly what he did. And he, he, okay, so Lubin passes it to Stroud, who thinks he's going to take a shot. I still don't know if he was passing to Stroud or, because if you watch Stroud's right. coming in, but I think he was trying to get the ball to Klaus. Yeah. Shit happens but, in the game. It's fast, it's chaotic. No, know. it's good. It, yeah. And then actually, Stroud getting the ball it was the best thing for it. And right. if you don't say freed why, up Klaus. I will. Yeah, it freed up Klaus because it pulled defenders to Stroud. Yes. And Stroud passes it to Klaus over again, almost like almost in the exact same spot on the right side of the box. Um just a little further out. A little further yeah. out, yeah. But but I I don't know how he did this. And if if you're listening to this and you don't like soccer that much, you didn't watch this game, you have to go look up this goal. Um Klaus kills it with such ferocity is the best word I can think of into the ground that it just bounces straight back up. And he, he basically volleyed it to himself and with the same foot knocked it in. It, it was just, it, it's ridiculous. So, yeah. So the ball comes in, he hits it, he hits it and bounces it with his right foot, pops it in the air. And before it comes down, does a goofy little moose hop. Uh, and I'm, that's what I'm going to call it is the goofy moose yeah. hop. And then just punches it right back into the same side netting he had just scored in a few right. minutes before. Right. It, it was almost, with the exception of the of the self volley, it was almost the exact same thing. But what I did like about it, someone posted it um, on Twitter X, whatever you want to call it, where he like you know the 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 big giant inflatable wacky arm guys, you know, at uh, tire shops normally is what I think of them that like Klaus looked exactly like that in that play. And if you didn't have that thought while watching it, go watch it again. And you're going to like see it because of how he like does that with his arm. Um, <laughs> does it see you, you, re- you remember it now. Now you're like, yeah. Oh my God, that is it. <laughs> yeah. No, I got you now. Um, yeah. It, it should have won goal of the week. It didn't, it, it was definitely the superior goal. Um, but whatever. I I think the thing that the things that there were things that concerned me in the game. 
Uh, and I apologize up a for, lot of chances. for my my words there. But in the first half, we had some amazing chances and just didn't finish the ball. Right. And it made it made me very concerned. I honestly was really worried that it was going to hamper us down the stretch that we right. might throw this game away because we weren't putting away the chances when we had them. Um, and we've yeah. been a team that this year, when we get chances, we tend to put them in the net. Right. And that's why we win. We score on very low percentage chances very regularly, like like ones that other teams are never going to convert. We we very regularly convert them. Um, and that one, the, the sliding into the box one by Klaus, like that one, if you look at the expected goals chart, and for those of you listening, if uh, soccer is not really your thing, expected goals is basically, it calculates the percentage of time that that shot from that player would go into the net, basically. Um, and there's one where we have a cross into the box and Klaus slides into it and, and the expected goals metrics love that this specific type of, of shot and it, it almost always works and that's why, but it was like a 98% chance of it going in and it, and it, you know, just ended up not a great touch and going out the side, but yeah, it's like a it, straight line on the chart. Yeah, no, it was, it's, you can see if you watch, so there, there's a lot of graphs out there that'll show you the expected goals through the game. And you can see when that chance happened, it's like, Oh, expected goals is going to take a giant spike. for yeah. you. Yeah. <clears throat> There was frustrating things, but there were there was po- there was a lot of positives there. There was a lot of good things. Um, I I absolutely love watching Nielsen play. Oh yeah, I yeah, mean me the guy too. is he's so smart, he's, he's so yeah. aware, he knows everything that's going on around him. Like if if I had to pick like our our you know low key guy that's really make making us go down this back this mm-hmm. end stretch. Yeah, Klaus is scoring goals and he's been great and it's been great to have him back. We were scoring goals without Klaus. Right. Nielsen has completely transformed the way our defense mm-hmm. plays when he's right. there. Right. And you and I were talking about that all year long. Like, like, okay, we're gonna get Nielsen back and it's going to change. Like, um, Lutz has been right on so many people before. He would not be so high on Nielsen if if Nielsen wasn't going to work out. And you know, we had to worry about coming back from injury and all of that, but like we, we knew that Nielsen was going to be a game changer, and that's exactly what he was. Um, the other center back, though, has the last thing I want to say about this game, and it, it I just started laughing when I watched it. So so Parker gets a yellow <laughs> later in the game, and, and you know, one of the Kansas City guys, probably Polito, uh, is offside, um, and, you know, they kick the ball to him even though he's offside. Um, and they don't call it, um, and it ends up going out the back, so it doesn't really matter. But uh, Parker looks at the ref, and he goes, it's five fucking feet offside. And you can, like, read his lips that that's what he's saying, and the ref immediately pulls out a yellow. And, like, the, the camera's still on Parker's face as he sees it, and he goes, oh, fuck off. And you can, like, read his lips, and I'm like, oh, my God, he's going to get kicked out of this game at the end for cussing out the ref. But also, like, I love it. I'm here for this. <laughs> Park Parker is a passionate dude. That's it. And he's growing an awesome mustache. That's how the many, best how thing P's, I can say about Vancouver. How many P's could I get in? Parker is a passionate player who prefers to play profoundly hard. I don't know. I, I ran and out of drink Parker Pilsner. Boom. Uh so not in that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it's 
it is what we it's weren't expecting that <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's it's rough hey you know what i mean we we still don't have any sponsors if there's any sponsors that want to get out there uh you know Call what us. we we will shamelessly plug you uh as long as uh you help us you know pay for something i don't know it doesn't have to be much uh we're not making any money currently so uh, <laughs> right. right this is a negative income endeavor right now <laughs> hey that's all right because we're having fun with it so we are except for now we have to talk about vancouver which is not fun i only want to talk about this for five minutes i'm like i just i don't want to talk about this <laughs> so <clears throat> For those of you who aren't in the city fan page, John and I posted our predicted lineups. Nailed it. Uh, yeah. We we got the important. We, we had some misses. I was really surprised to see Leuven in the the lineup, but I also know that the guy doesn't want to sit ever. No. Um, Lunt. It was good to see him play and get some play minutes. I mean, I don't think he's had minutes since what the the Open Cup. Uh, no, he played in League's Cup, so he played both Open Cup games. Mm -hmm. um he played and then he played leagues cup against columbus um and so in those four games well let's remove the first open cup game right against union omaha because like doesn't really count for this i mean Um, that that game does count because that game was a blast we were that was a fun game that was a fun (laughs) game and if you're if you're listening to this and you ever want to go to a city game like look for the open cup tickets they're dirt cheap they are midweek games but they're really, really cheap and it's a lot of fun. Um, and the full stadium is open. Uh, definitely highly, highly recommend. Um, I think we bought tickets for like 40 bucks a piece and we were like second row off the field at midfield. It was freaking awesome. It was um, a great time. Oh, and, and we, my and boy we won Celia was playing like the whole yeah. game. So yeah, I that was his and AZ's like coming out party. That was when it was like, oh, these, these guys are ready to ball out. Like, let's do this. Um, but in those three games against MLS opponents, so we he started against a Chicago Fire team that was not rotated for a U.S. Open Cup game. So basically all of their starters, okay, and they had one you know good goal and one goal that came because Loon made a bad play, admittedly, a very bad play that he should have cleared. That's that's one. Okay, he plays against Columbus's starters. And the first League's Cup game. And if you guys don't know, Columbus is the only team that for mo- has like scored anywhere, anywhere near the amount of goals City has. I think they're the only team that has scored more than us at this point. So they can score goals. And each one of those goals, he basically got hung out to dry on. Like there's just, they were great finishes. And there's really not a lot a, a goalkeeper can do in a two on one, basically. Um, and then there's last night. Where, yeah, it ended up 3-0, but looking at those goals, okay. So, bad transition moment for the first one. Yeah, Berkey maybe comes off his line quicker and maybe saves it, but, like, there's not – Loon played it as well as you could. It, that that goal is on Yarrow. I agree. Yarrow was waiting for the ball to come to him. Right. And, uh, God, who was it last night? Um, their goal, main goal scorer, their, their striker. Who- oh, uh it was uh, so they have Ryan Gold and they have um, Clark. Come, is that his name, Brian Clark? I don't. I'll uh, find. It. We'll. I'll look it yeah. up in a minute. But either way, Yarrow is sitting there waiting for the ball to come to him instead of a te- like stepping into the ball. All he had to do, all he did was walk up. I mean, run up, 
and just hit the ball with his head around Yarrow and just take off. And he was off to the races. I want to say his last name's like White or something like that. Brian but... White. Brian White. Yes, hey. that's it. Yeah, Brian White. I was like, I know it's Brian something super common last name. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. And and then the second goal, Sebastian Burhalter, you know, Greg's son. Um, it, it was a great finish. Like, I, I mean, there's not a lot you can do if they're going to put the ball in the upper corner on the far side of the net. I was actually disappointed in Thorson a little if you watch the replay. Yeah. So he starts to step, stops, and backpedals away from Burhalter, which gives him the space to take the shot. Right. Um, there was a there was a guy making a run, and I get that, but you gave the guy. You mean by he, it was just understanding positioning, and again, right. Thorson hasn't had a lot of minutes, and you know I was touching on that earlier. That that was kind of a, a prelude to this piece on the second goal, and that mm-hmm. you can tell he hasn't had a ton of minutes because his touch looks off in real time. He doesn't look like the right. player we thought we were getting. Well, and it's well, not that he's been a bad player by any means. I'm not saying he's a bad player. But he can be more. He just right. hasn't. He's not as comfortable. And, and that's you know, partly system right too. You know, I mean, he came in mid-season. Like he's still learning the system and how everyone plays and all of that. I mean, I always kind of viewed him more as a as a next year guy for us. Um, myself, but I did think his touches looked off against Kansas City too. Um, the goal, I think, initially the sequence that led to the goal in Kansas City actually begins with like his second or third giveaway that he had in like three minutes um, where where he's just, you know, careless with the ball. Um, I don't really, his giveaways or his touches last night, I'm not going to hold too much against them because, you know, the ball is moving a lot faster on turf. Um, And I don't think that our guys were really prepared for it. I know they have a turf practice field, but I don't know. We just, we just looked a little, off with the ball but i mean we were also just making bad decisions with it it wasn't just like kicking it like too hard and people getting it It was also passing it straight to vancouver players i felt like repeatedly the first half of that game was the most frustrating half of soccer i've watched st louis city play all season uh yeah i would agree with that I, uh, i think rsl was bad and i think portland 2 was bad um that rsl 2 was bad specifically um other than those three games i mean okay chicago was not a not a great showing but we had just lost class we we're still figuring out how to play like i'm not gonna like because he went and, down in the but, portland but game I, I just look at the way that like every time the ball was right. on our feet we looked like we didn't know what we were doing or what we right. wanted to do and i get that we're playing on turf and honestly that's that's why i think most of our guys were sitting it has mm-hmm. nothing to do with you know, Carnell wanting to go for records or, you know, Car- Carnell wants every record he can get. He does. He wants to he win. He is every, a competitive every dude and he wants to be the best at everything. If you watch the interview with him, he talked about wanting. He knows, you know, if we win our game against Seattle, points we'll record. have the most points ever. And then we extend. He even made a comment about if we can win some more games, we put that record even further out of reach for the next expansion. Right. And, and, and so I, mean, I but yeah, but we we were playing guys on turf. Um, I was surprised to see you know Indy starting. Um, I was surprised to see Leuven starting, uh, and I was surprised yeah. to see Big Sam starting. And I honestly thought with the turf, with the pace, you know, et cetera, I thought we would see Thoris and potentially up top on the left. Mm-hmm. Um, that was what I thought was going to happen too. I really thought this was going to be an opportunity for Thoris to get minutes. Um, and to give, you know, Sam's had a lot of minutes lately. 
um you know but and maybe maybe thorson and nico i mean we don't see what goes on in practice right maybe they just don't they just don't have a good connection yet you know i mean that's part of it too like if they don't play well off of each other like you don't necessarily want to start them next to each other um either and we don't know that we don't we don't see practice i don't know that's just me speculating yeah i I agree. I get that. Um, the the other player that I was really surprised didn't start, and I've said this time and time again, and anybody who's followed our podcast is probably not going to be surprised by the fact that I'm talking about this player, but Celio <laughs> Pompeu, in my mind, should have started. Yeah, The guy is good. He's good off the dribble. Uh, he's got um, great skills with the ball at his feet. He's comfortable there, and that was something I felt like we were really lacking last right. night. And I get the turf changes things. And you could even see even when he was on the ball and, he, and he's very good on the dribble. Right. There was a couple instances where he looked uncomfortable after he came on as a sub. Right. But but it was surprising to me because I feel like the way he's played, especially mm-hmm. every time we've seen him recently, that he has earned more minutes mm-hmm. than what he's getting, especially in a game like Vancouver, where we're already rotating the squad. Uh, the player that I was surprised they started, you know, I was figured we would have seen Celio over... Indy really is, is what I would have thought. Yeah. Um, what really surprised me as far as the starting lineup goes is with the formation we used. So we've almost always seen Ostrock play centrally, right? We very rarely have seen him on the wings and he started, um, we did a wide four, four, two or a, four, or a flat four, four, two. Um, and I was really surprised to see him out wide on the left there. Um, which is normally a spot Celio plays is, is right there. Um, and maybe that's showing us, you know, kind of the packing order for the midfielders. Um, but, you know, I was all, not surprised to see Ostrak to be the guy subbed at half um, for this. Did Indy start? I thought Stroud started. I thought it was maybe a Indy came in as a, as a yeah. maybe it's Ostrak. You're right. Right, because I, I remember start. it was Ostrak on the right. left, but right, yeah, and, and so I misspoke. So good, good That's catch fine. there. Um, well, I only remember because I thought AZ came in for for Stroud because my it was kind of blurry how far away they were, and I thought it was Ostrak on the field, not Stroud. Yeah, and then they said, no. "Oh, he replaced Ostrak," and I was like, "Oh, I'm an idiot." It's cool. I'll admit when I'm a dumbass, and in this instance, uh, I was one. Uh, actually, in most instances, I am. So, spoiler alert to anybody listening. Yeah, but no, I agree. It would. So I thought we would see Ostrak start, um, but I actually, I think when I I put out my lineup, I think I had a diamond. um, You did, and I think I had Ostrak up top with with Celio on the left and Stroud on the right. Yeah, that was yeah, that was it. And it and it's nothing against you know any of the other guys, but I I think. I think it was an interesting thing. And I think it's interesting to see. I feel like Carnell does not have as much faith in Celio as maybe he's earned looking at the way he plays in games. Yeah. I mean, he could be a guy who's a gamer, right? There are definitely athletes out there that, you know, aren't that great in practice for any number of reasons, but when it's game time, they find another level and they, and they take it up a notch. Um, but there's but guys also, that do the exact opposite. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There are guys, I mean, <laughs> Isaac Jensen. Yeah. That's exactly <laughs> <laughs> right. Like we we've been hearing all year that Jensen was dominant in, in practice. And then 
in games. I mean, you you didn't see it in his game time with with City this year. Um, and we're really hoping that that he figures it out in Denmark and and comes back because he could be based off of his age and his profile, he could be, you know, a core piece of this team for, for years um, if he can put it all together. Uh, but, but yeah, I don't know. I, you don't, one thing that you don't really see as much with Celio is you, and I mean, we did see it against Minnesota a little bit um, off the ball, but when Ostrak, Ostrak has been able to get involved um, in scoring, not necessarily always being the goal scorer. You, I don't think we have seen that in games as much from Celio, but like when you, he gets the ball at his feet and he, he's like, a lot of times he looks like the best player on the field when he gets the ball. And I mean, I'm not exaggerating and, and I know we've said it almost every time, you know, it comes up, but the club America game, he was the only one of our players that looked like he belonged on the field with them. Like, yeah, period. And, and there were some really good players on that team that we were playing against. Yeah, it, it, you know, you know, there was a couple of players like Leuven who had, you know, you could tell belonged, but just was so far back defensively he couldn't show it. Um, but yeah, no, in that Club America game, definitely like the one of the players that, and it's the it caught everyone off guard. I think a little bit. Uh, I mean, I had been singing his praises since the Union Omaha game, and before that, even right. I mean, the guy's got a tenacity. He reminds me a lot of Stroud with better ball skills and mm-hmm. a little less motor. Yeah. Well, I think it's a more controlled motor. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's not yeah, a less can't, frantic yeah, motor. A less frantic motor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stroud because is he still like has the energizer that... bunny on cocaine. Because because you, you know, when we talk, right, one of the things that you love about Stroud is that tenacity and the fact that he picks mm-hmm. at people and gets into them. Celio does the same right. stuff, well, but so, he's better on the ball. And now, yeah. now Stroud is, I think Stroud is better off the ball at times than Celio is. Yeah. I think, I think Stroud has a better press a consistently better press not to say that Celio can't press i just think that that's like stroud's big skill that, that like makes that's, him valuable. that's what he brings to the table right, right. yeah, yeah. he knows that and he right. plays into that very well right. let me ask you this about getting under people's skin if you if you had to pick a third player to get that's getting under people's skin i i think it's a pretty clear obvious who the third player is on our team who does that now and i'm curious if you noticed it um <clears throat> I'm gonna give you a hint. He's new. Marcanic people hate him. So I was like, I'm thinking through Marcanic, and I was like thinking through the matches, and I'm like, is he talking like season long or is he talking like more recent? Because yeah, people hate Marcanic. Yes, and I'm I'm here for it. Although that little headbutt he did in, at, against Sporting Kansas, I saw that and I was like, oh god. So when he when <laughs> he dropped that little headbutt against yeah. Kansas. I was like, oh my God, he's lost it. And then a couple <laughs> minutes later, I watched him get under somebody's skin and laugh it off. I'm like, no, he's in control. He he's in their heads. How the, like, I thought for sure Kansas had gotten in his head. Yeah. And I mean, it wasn't even five minutes later, there was something happening. He laughed right. and just kept rolling. Right. Speaking of, you know, moments like that, I think we, we, we didn't talk about it. I am very vocal, at least when I watch games, I get very frustrated because sure. I feel like, uh, Big Sam is okay. not as good at pressing as he could be at times. He's very, he's he, very conserve, conservative. He waits about too when long he to enact it. Yeah, he waits too long to enact it. When he triggers the press, it comes. He's very amazing, quick, but right, but he, but he, and the, and the closing, but if he and, did it, 
Right. If he did it like one to two seconds before, they wouldn't be able to, you know, pass out of it as often as they do. Um, I don't think because like I think because he is conservative and when he triggers it, it gives them an extra one to two seconds to survey the field and figure out what they're thinking they can do with it. And if he would, if he would pull that trigger a little bit quicker that I think they'd make more mistakes basically. No, I, I agree. But what I'm, so again, I have harped on him for his defense and things, sure. um, but that slide tackle. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh my I, God. I was like, like I, I just realized we didn't even mention it. Yeah. And yeah. I forgot all about that slide tackle until you said it. Oh, uh, you talk. And so for those of you who didn't watch the game, um, <clears throat> big Sam loses the ball. You could tell he's frustrated. He comes in at full speed. And for those of you who don't know, big Sam might be the fastest player in the league, but if not, he's very close. He's up By there. the way, he's, he's six foot sure. five and one of the biggest guys in the league too. Yes. <laughs> he comes in full guy. speed, slides in, gets the ball, goes through the guy. The guy lands on him, mind you. He gets up and they, Kansas City is ready to fight us. Their entire right. team is ready to fight. And all big Sam, and I loved this. He just puts his head down and starts walking towards Burke. Right. Right, just walks away. Like he knew, he knew they, 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 that, that he that knew was he was about to start something, and he was like, well, "I'm not, I'm not, not getting, getting in the middle of this. Right. I don't need a card. I don't got time for this. Right. I'm in your head, and I'm going to walk away, and I'm good right. with that." And I mean, it it was <clears throat> it was violent, but it was, you know, as clean they of did, a tackle they that a violent a tackle. They did be. call yeah. a foul. It on was him. a foul. Yeah, and it was a foul, but it, but it was not a dirty foul. I mean, he hit the ball. He got the guy in the follow through. The problem is, is, I mean, like he's a big dude and coming at full speed. Right. So I think, I think it was the right call. And I mean, even the announcers, I believe said, it was like, no, that's the right call. It's not a yellow card foul, but right. you could see him just put his head down and I'm going to start walking towards our goalie right. and I'm not going to stop until plays real <laughs> again right. because I'm not going to get in a fight right now. Right. And the guys that were getting in his face are half his size. And I'm like, yeah. He is the last guy I would run up and pick a fight with on our team. Well, I don't maybe know. Maybe not Parker, the last, but like he's up there. Yeah. He's up. Maybe there. not the well, last guy I would pick, but you know what I mean? Like, right. If I was going to go like, Hey, I'm going to go get in a fight with somebody and they went and grabbed somebody like a mechanic, And I'm like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. The guy's a scrawny little kid. Yeah. But he looks like, he looks like a guy who can scrap, you know what I mean? And it's not just the, the <laughs> wicked, awesome haircut. That he's Dude, got. I, God, I, he looks I, crazy. I am all for Marcanic. Yeah. The, the kid is. Did you see the. So, in the same interview with Carnell, when mm -hmm. they were talking, he was talking about, I want this record. I want that record. Right. Mm -hmm. You have Marcanic talking about going from the worst team in the oh, West. Oh, yeah. Yeah. To the I best team that. in the West. And he was like, man, when we came here as Col when I we came here and I was on Colorado, he's like, the atmosphere was crazy. Like, he's like, it was so exciting. It was amazing to be a part of and to play here. And then to find out that you guys signed me and it's just like, yeah, yeah, you come on over and you keep playing the way you're playing and you keep getting under people's skin because right. I am here for it. Right. Well, and I, I don't know if the tackle was on the same guy, but it was on Marcanic kept going up against the, the, the right back, right? Uh, Davis uh, for Kansas. And like, just like everything Marcanic did, like you could just tell he was just pissing him off. Even when like, like in, a lot of it was also like Marcanic intentionally starting shit and like walking away. But some of it was also just like, like it had got to the point where it was just like playing the game, like was annoying him. And I was like, yes, 
yes, now we have another guy who can who can do that. And don't get me wrong, I know I would hate Stroud if he was on a different team. I know I would hate Markanic if he was on a different team. But like, they're not on a different team. They're on my team. And if you can distract the other team and make them like get really frustrated and rush and just be annoyed the whole time, they're not focusing on the little things they need to be focusing on. So I'm here for it. No, I, I agree. Um, I mean, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. And I think one of the, you know, seeing Marcanic play, one of the things I did not want was him to play the full 90 at Vancouver. Yeah. He was the other one. He's young. Yeah. He, he'll bounce back. But playing on turf, I'm always worried about injuries. The, right. the play's different. Um, but God, you know, could you you imagine how many headaches could be caused late in a game if you have Marcanic and Celio running at you on the left side? Just and and if you watch Celio, he's John in people's ears at times too. Mm-hmm. He's not he's not shy to uh, to tell them what he thinks. Yeah. Yes, and uh, and I'm here for it, man. The guy, right? I, I love is, it from him. Celio. If I can ever get you to listen to an episode, we would love to. Ha- I would love nothing more than to have him on, you know, on a Zoom call here with us for an interview, but. Um, so far, I don't know it hasn't it, happened. It's it's going to happen, but you know, I can I, have a, I can hope a guy can dream. That's right. That's right. Well, let's talk about a dream we had at the beginning of the year. Playoffs. We freaking made it, and we're the number one seed, and so that means that we have home field advantage at least through the Western Conference um, to to the finals, basically. Um, so first off, like we've talked a lot about what this atmosphere means for us, for our team when we're playing at City Park, and that means we're going to have it um, in every game except for one in the first round um, because the first round is a weird best-of-three situation because they wanted to get more games and give everyone a, a chance to host because, you know, money talks, and it's a league that doesn't really make a lot of money. So, like, I'm not going to complain too much about it. Like, teams need to be making money to make it better. Right. Um, like I understand that. Not every um, club is St. Louis City with a hundred plus thousand people in line for season tickets. Well, okay, so you know what's crazy about that? So you mentioned in the last game that I'm I, I'm a Green Bay fan as far as the NFL goes, and I it's pretty well known that they have a crazy wait list. Do you know how many people are in the Green Bay season ticket wait list right now? A hundred and forty thousand. We have almost caught up to Green Bay's wait list. And like, I know that their stadium, yeah, in one year. Yeah. And I know that their stadium is huge and whatever. And like, people just don't give them up. But still, like, we've almost caught them (laughs) in one year. That's freaking amazing to me. Um, But we do have a bit of a break before we play Seattle. So the thought that like I've had is that this game against Seattle, this game against Vancouver last night, like, they only matter for, for pride. Right. And kind of for possible home field advantage, um, based off of the entire league's point totals, not just the West. Um, I don't know how much I care too much about it, but there there's one game that is haunting me right now. Okay. For the, the potential seating and, uh, coming, going into the, the, the championship game. Because there's only two teams ahead of us, right? Right. And we we can't catch Sensi. No. But do you know what happened when Sensi came to us? Beat the shit out of him. Because uh, you and I were there. 
Yeah, it, uh, it was a weird game to be. It was a weird fair, game. Too, so like because of the weather and all that. I, I get that. But the other team that's ahead of us right now, Orlando. Orlando. That's the game <laughs> that hurts me right now. That was unplanned. That instinct was, was unplanned. The, I want everyone to know that. The piece of and if anybody wants to know, we have uh, when we talk about oh we had this on the outline, we have like general topics of hey we need to talk about the break that's coming up. Right. Uh, <laughs> this also is not scripted, so uh, it isn't even on the thing. But <clears throat> Orlando, that was the start of the bullshit handball calls that started fucking us over for a stretch. Well, the, there. the string of them. There were a few before. I that, said it was before the, League's Cup. That, that so. was that was the big one though. Like we're coming out of right. League's Cup. It seemed like right because it, it turns and, out and, and it, no. I'm not upset about it being called as much as it's not called consistently in right. MLS. Right. It's not the same every game. If it was the same every game, I got right. zero complaints. Well, and I think there was also one at Minnesota, maybe that did well that didn't get called, but it was on. I think the ref played advantage, and we ended up scoring, so it didn't matter. Um, it Other was thing very I highlight with refing, because we just played Vancouver, uh, I have a lot of. Uh, appreciation and respect for Carnell because he never mentions never. the refs no. on why we lose no. a game. No, Vancouver's coach, on the other hand, when they came to right. St. Louis, absolutely laid into the league, laid into the refs, mm-hmm. let everyone yeah. know that the only reason Vancouver lost in St. Louis because of the refs. Go back and watch that game. That's not why it's they not, lost the game. No, I was there. It is not. They they did not play very well. Uh, one of the things that I did like about coach was after the game, like he was very upfront, like, yeah, we, we played bad. This was one of our worst performances of the year. Um, and I like that he doesn't shy away from that. I like that he's very honest and, you know, I'm kind of glad we had this performance, right? Because we have 17, 17 days off right now where they can like stew over the fact that they, that they probably thought they were going to win that game last night. And it, they, it went rather poorly. And like this, this can be their wake up call before you know, going into the playoffs. So I'm, I am rather thankful for that. Um, I don't think we necessarily needed the rest as much this time around. I do think the league's cup break was critical for us. You know, summer's hot. We play a high energy, lot of running style, like even compared to other soccer teams, soccer is a sport where you run a lot, but turns out we run more than most Um, spoiler alert. Um, The, you know, I remember thinking that, in a lot of those games in July, especially um, how tired the guys that were not, especially the guys who were not from the U S or had not been in the U S for a while. Um, and used to like our summers, like just how tired they were. Leuven, Blom, um, who else? You know, Berkey even talked about how the heat was kind of affecting them. Cause you know, they're just not used to it. And, and I, very strongly believe that part of what's been our success since the league's cup break has been the fact that we, that we had that break, you know, and it was, it was clear. We played like 10 backups against Columbus, the highest scoring team in the league. And then, yeah, we brought up the, the, the best guys at the time in the league's cup game against club America, but like they very, they just look exhausted. And I'm, I'm glad we had that break because some of the other teams that went far, like look at Nashville, Nashville was scary before the league's cup and very scary in it. And they've plummeted to like being seventh in the East. I mean, they've clinched the playoffs, but they, they just don't look great. 
Well, and and the thing with Nashville too, right? And looking at Nashville, I also just realized I don't have my headphones on as you were playing with your stuff. Um, yeah. So if anybody, uh, hopefully that didn't screw up our audio too bad, but the the Nashville team, they were scary. I mean, they came, that we, we went to Nashville and got beat up pretty good, but they were a good team. They looked great. They were playing hard. Another team to think about, like team that played a lot of games. Think about LAFC. Oh yeah, all the games they played and the you know working through things, and it's just it, it takes its toll. You know they were mm-hmm. playing in the Concacaf Champions League, uh, which is very prestigious, and, and they made it to the finals. They lost in the finals, um, and they also just lost the was it uh, the uh, Tigres Cup or whatever. It was the. <laughs> It's the stupid. It's the winner. It's, it's the, the winner of Cup. the Mexican League versus the winner of the U.S. League. Right. Um. But they lost that game too. And and but they just they've looked tired and off for a while. Mm-hmm. Seeing them last night against Minnesota, they look like they're starting to find their stride again, right. which really tells me that I want them on the other side of the bracket. Yeah. yeah. Um. I'm completely fine with not having to play them in the playoffs because there's not many teams that scare me in the playoffs on our side of the bracket um lafc is is one that can because they're one of the few teams that i think up and down the lineup have an ability to finish um and so there's really like no one that you can push the ball to and be like it's okay if this guy has a half decent chance because he can't finish um most of the guys in the lineup can do that that's a lafc is a team that can press very well and we don't do very well against the press so far so they're completely fine playing our game model against us and you know that's it it works for them um so i i would i'm not it i feel like lafc down the stretch has been like in the they've been up for individual games like when they've had to be like when they played us the second time like that was until last night that's the best lafc has looked since league's cup uh I, maybe except for maybe their first game back um but they have, you know, in the playoffs, they're going to have to be good every every game. And I, I don't know if they if they find their momentum, they are going to be they're going to be scary. That's for sure. Um. So yeah, but you know, we you talked about Nashville. The one thing Nashville consistently has going for them, though, they have Hani Mukhtar. <laughs> Freaking that, that guy knows how to score. He knows how to find the net, and that's always dangerous. So, so Hani was last year's MVP, and Lutro Costa is, is going to be this year's MVP. Like I know we all want it to be Berkey, but but as many points that Berkey has saved for us, like Lutro Costa has like single handedly won them, God knows how many by being like being the only goal scorer in a one zero game. Like that's happened like four or five times this year. Um, but so both of those guys are either cur- like almost like like in the final process for becoming citizens or like very close to being able to start the process and so um there's talk that those guys could be called in to the u.s men's national team uh when they get their citizenship which i think is is really cool to think about um and i know they're going to be on the older end when 2026 comes it's just it's just cool to me no, I, I mean, it's exciting to see people who want to play for the U.S. national team because it, the U.S. men's national team has come a long way. Yeah, over absolutely. The and speaking of the national team, there is a break here. And the reason that we have this break is there's it's international break, uh, mm-hmm. which is why we're not playing for two and a half weeks. 
Yeah. Normally MLS plays through these breaks. Um, but for this one, because it's like right before decision day, they went ahead and, and took it. Um, because it, it gives everyone like a little break before the playoffs and, you know, can build that tension to this, to decision day, the last day of the regular season for like, how important are these games? We, we're going to miss one player, right? We're losing one. I don't know that we're missing any more I think than that's the it. one. I think it's just the one. Um, and God bless <clears throat> him. Uh, from South Africa with love. With love. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Blom is headed back to play with his with South Africa during this stretch. I think it's going to be a big test for carnell to keep mm-hmm. the team on point and fresh mm-hmm. into this it, you know hebert could have gotten called up with canada but it, that's hit and miss right i mean he'd, he'd be a bench player with canada even if he did get called up i mean he's not right. going to go and start right away and i think carnell needs to keep people fresh he needs to keep mm-hmm. them hungry he needs to keep them ready to go which you, you we touched on earlier but playing somebody like Seattle after this break is going to be great playoff style <laughs> atmosphere for Absolutely. us for that first game back to be re- before playoff start. Right. I do worry. So I think South Africa has two games in this window and depending, and I don't know the exact dates for them, but depending on if Blum plays the second or the first game or at all, you know, or if he starts or if he comes off the bench, like, you know, it's a long flight back to St. Louis from South Africa um or wherever they're playing i'm presuming it's somewhere on the continent of africa um the issue is that you know we may not he may not be match like start fit ready um for seattle depending on travel and all of that um so that does worry me because he does change the entire flow and outlook of our team um but everyone else is going to stay here they're all they're going to do an intra squad scrimmage um i'm curious what your thoughts are how would you okay so you take you've got the 20 something players that we have right and you're going to do make two 11 on 11 teams and then have five subs for each one and just rotate people through but like your starters for each team how are you you know splitting broadly we don't have to go into specifics and give like a detailed roster but how are you splitting the lineups for each team to play against each other because i have a clear idea of what i would do do you know what i would do and just get the most competitive game i could what's that I would give Berkey and I'd give Lunt team captains and do a schoolyard pick. Oh, I do like that. Um, my explicit thought would be it, but I, I like your idea so much. It sounds like a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And now my brain is like going through like, cause like, like Berkey is, would be so pissed if he lost, <laughs> he would be so pissed if he lost. Um, but, but who does Berkey take with his first pick? Do you take a striker? Or do you take Nielsen or Parker? Who? It, and there's so yeah. many things that play into that. Yeah. And I think it would be really exciting to watch the goalies and how they picked their teams. Right. I just want you, you to pick know the guys you don't want shooting at you, or do you pick yeah. the guys you want in front of you defending you? Right. So for future content, we need to do like a live thing where we draft our squad from within St. Louis city to play a scrimmage against the other team that we need. We are doing that. We are absolutely doing that. However, my thought is you choose the groups of guys that are probably going to play well or play together so that way they can work together and build chemistry, continue building chemistry. And I think you put all of your starting attacking players on one team 
and all of your starting defending players on the other so that all of your starters are like going up against the higher level talent of that, you know, for their opposites, basically. What, what you're saying makes sense, but it sounds lame. It, it doesn't sound as much fun <laughs> as a schoolyard uh, draft. <laughs> I'm a big fan of drafts. So I'm a big not, fan not of the schoolyard pick. Yeah. Uh, as long as I'm not last, which has happened a few times in my lifetime. So yeah, it happens. Uh, happens I was the homeschool kid when I jo- came to public schools. And no one grade. knew. No one knew. Uh, I was uh, I was picked last uh, the first couple of times, but luckily not much after that. What I'm what I'm hearing is is that whoever drafted you was the Lutz fan and steel of this uh, of this roster selection. And well, so so even though I was homeschooled, I was playing you know right competitive sports with a lot of these guys. But I remember there was a was it eighth grade first semester mm-hmm. long time ago. Um, I didn't really know anybody in that class sure. <laughs> in that gym class. Uh, and so they all were like, oh, I don't know who you are. So they just picked me last uh, and it happened twice and then never happened again. Hmm. Uh, come, come spring semester. I had a bunch of the guys that I had played soccer with and, you know, right. wrestled with growing up and they were like, yeah, no, we don't, we, we want him on our side. So, uh, was picked much higher up after that. Thank God. Um, but I do know the feeling of being picked last and it's not a good one. Not a good one. Um, so let's. Let's see. I'm trying to think of how I want to incorporate my last few topics that I wanted to talk about. Um, You're just trying to figure out how to how to insert it uh, subtly. Yes, but I'm not a subtle person, so I'm just going to make this very awkward and like riding like a very bad roller coaster. So, do you remember that one time when I had a beautiful transition and then you stopped my transition just so you could make one more point? Yeah, that's kind of like this. I'm pausing you now. That's fine. I don't care. It doesn't bother me. Things don't get under my skin. They get under your skin. Completely unrelated things get under my skin. No, no, no. Time out. Time out. Things don't get under your skin. No, no, no. When I pick at you for Stroud, you mute the conversation and won't talk to me. I didn't say things don't get under my skin. I said the things that get under no, no, your no, no. skin. You just don't said get things under my don't skin. get. No, that's not what you, you said. Didn't you said hear things it. don't get under play my skin. They get under your play skin. It, play it under on repeat. Things that get under your skin don't get under my skin. I will. I'm going to listen to this episode, yeah. and soon as we my, done, my exact just verbiage so I can prove you wrong may because that's been, who I am, and I'm petty. That's fine. My exact <laughs> verbiage may have been things don't get under my skin that get under your skin, but that was the point. But you probably didn't hear it because you know one track mind and all of that. However, however, so we do have Concacaf Champions Cup in January. So that issue that LAFC has had, uh, Philadelphia as well with fixture congestion. There's a good chance we may have to deal with that next year, but it's worth it to play in continental competition, I think, and, and really go out. Um, I do think that our team will have enough depth to deal with it. Um, but one thing that does concern me is if we get to the MLS Cup finals this year, the final is like the middle of December. Um, and with the expanded uh, Champions League next year because like 27 teams make it. The It's been rumored, they haven't announced the actual dates, but it's been rumored that it's going to start earlier and could start in January. Um, so we may only have like a one month off season to like rest, recuperate and, you know, get going. Um, so I'm a little bit worried about that, but I'm also like really excited that like for my own selfish reasons that it's going to be a very small off season without soccer. So... Yeah, no, I agree with what you're saying. Um, I think the turnaround could hurt a little bit. 
Yeah. Um, and, and we'll see how it goes. The problem is if we get into the CONCACAF championship. No, we are in. We are not in. If we, but when we start, sorry. Right. Uh, when we start it, it's not like the Open Cup where we can really kind of play a bunch of, you know, second string right. guys, whatever. Yeah, we have some depth. Um, but if you want to actually advance in that that tournament, you're going to have to play your starters. And I think... Right. And and to do that, you have to play your your depth in league games when the league games start. Correct. That and being that's, said, that's what's gonna. We'll see how the schedule plays out for us. That's true. That that's what's gonna hurt, right? Right. If, if the schedule is favorable, and this is something else that we don't talk about much, but LAFC had a lot of their MLS games pushed back, right? So that they didn't have the overlapping games with the right. CONCACAF Champions League. And if we get that same treatment, the the flip, there's a double-edged sword, oh. right? It helps you, well, you early, you have but to. late in the season, you end up having all those games packed right. together, which is what's hitting right. LFC in that, what, during that, you know, kind right. of wall they had. Well, and they, they had to because it, of midweek games, right? It, when there's a Wednesday match day, right? The the CONCACAF Champions League games are going to be on Wednesdays or midweek. Like it's just, it's physically not possible. So they have to push the league games back because like our game that was against them got pushed back. Um, actually, I think we had a couple of games pushed back because they also pushed us back on the July 4th one. So that way they could have the El Trafico, uh, which is LA Galaxy versus LAFC um, at the Rose Bowl on July 4th. Um but yeah, and we also, I think this goes back to roster expansion in MLS. Um, you know, you get 30 guys on a roster and that sounds like a lot until you realize that for most teams, like only like 15 to 18 of them may, and I'm being very generous with that, are, you know, MLS starter caliber or close to it. I think we have more than most. So I'm less worried about that for us. I think we could easily do that. Um compared to most but but yeah it's going to be something to watch next year well and i think i think the roster expansion that we're talking about isn't just true roster expansion it's also international slot expansion Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we need right there's there are a lot of homegrown guys but the best homegrown players are all going overseas Mm -hmm. and rightfully so right i mean if you can go play in Serie a in italy if you can go play in la in la liga in spain if you can go play in the bundesliga one in germany or even better the premier league in england you go there right like the, right. don't don't stay in LAS. you no. need to be go playing in those leagues if you can and that's what's best for us and for usa as you know as a national team but mm-hmm. they want to grow the sport grow the sport by bringing in the best talent you can. Mm-hmm. That may be adding one or two international spots to each team over the next year or two to be able to account for, Hey, we want to be more competitive in the CONCACAF champions mm-hmm. league. We want to be more competitive in these tournaments and we want to be able to hold up to those top teams that, mm-hmm. that are in Mexico that we're, I mean, for all intents and purposes, we're not, not where we need to be. Right. Right. Well, in my thought, for that before we kind of hit up the last little bit for um, I think expectations in the playoffs and stuff is what I would do is I would do five additional roster slots, expand the the salary cap because the other issue is the salary cap um, at a fourth DP slot. Um, so our designated players, it's a mechanism that basically, you know, 
they only hit the cap at a set amount, which I think is around 650,000. Um, but you can pay them more than that, um, at a fourth spot to do that. You can have up to three right now. Um, and then I would add, like you said, another international roster slot as well. Um, I think that would go a long way. Um, I agree with that. Um, I think, you know, the next few deals that are handed out, um, if there's another deal that comes in that is um, <clears throat> handed out with, handed out with, you know, the Miami, I guess, if you look at, you look at the messy treatment and the deal that he got and all the endorsements and things, sure. if they're going to throw those, all those pieces at us, I think that's um, really we need to spread out the wealth, right? We need to get right. to some other teams. So right. um, we, we've been on this for a little bit here. So uh, last piece uh, that I want to ask, sure. what is your floor for a successful playoff push? Well, first off, I like how you asked that, how you phrased that, because I think the floor for a successful um, season, we have vastly surpassed. Um, but the expectations have changed, right? Um, so now it's, it's, you know, I'm going to be disappointed. I'm not going to be happy with just making the playoffs, right? We're the number one seed that comes with expectations. Um, I, so crashing out in the first round is a disappointment going out in the second round would be not horrible, but I wouldn't be like, you know, <clears throat> proud of how we did necessarily, unless we played like a really good game and just, just lost. Right. Um, I think I think conference finals, so the semifinals uh, overall um, is where I would be like happy. I don't know if that's like their actual floor. That's just where I would be happy. I really wanted you to say something stupid so that I could be like, you're not just wrong, you're stupid because I've been waiting to use that line all night and you sure. just haven't given me a chance. Sorry um, that I'm smarter than you. Debatable. Debatable. Um, depends on what what we're talking about, right? Uh, if you're talking about uh, in our careers and uh, clinically, then yeah, probably. But um, on the on the flip side of that, this is my my floor for being a successful playoffs is sure. if we lose in the uh, semifinals of the conference. Mm-hmm. In PKs, or extra time, right? I think the semifinals do have extra time before PKs. they do have extra time. Yeah. Correct. The only the first, the round, first round does not. It goes right. straight to PKs. If we lose the first round in extra time or PKs, or otherwise, we need to make the conference finals. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. I, I conference finals That's my is floor. like my floor of my what ceiling I is we with. win it all and everyone can go fuck themselves especially kansas that's it that's the show that's that's the mic drop moment <laughs> on that note we'll uh, go ahead and wrap this up because we're closing in on an hour and a half of you guys having to listen to us uh speak so if you haven't already be sure to like subscribe and follow for future content we are on apple Podcasts, spotify and youtube Go and check out our Facebook page because we do a whole lot of comments and different things there. Even if we uh, sometimes make a terrible post like I did today and misword it. Uh, sorry to those of you who caught me. And Thank you for calling them out. 
thank you for calling them out. All of you who did that, if you are listening this long uh, and you have not unfollowed us because of the post, <laughs> thank you. Uh, and uh, please make sure, I'll make sure to comment next time John messes something up and I'm going to tag everyone who comments on our stuff and see if please I can do. pull it up. We'll light you up. Don't worry, buddy. Until next time, we're the Lunatics, and uh, we got a fun one coming for you next week with an interview, follow-up interview with our pickleball pro and uh, some hot takes from him on St. Louis sports, the Cardinals, Blues, and City. See you next time, guys.